man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. I had a deep thought today. What do you got? I actually said that deep. I just don't think we've ever spelled it out before. We already had your first deep thought with the YouTube channel, mm-hmm. Good Deed Doers. I was noting a story in the Star Tribune today in which St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter got some great pub. Uh, St. Paul leaders are asking building owners to cut back energy use this summer as part of a goal to reduce climate-changing pollution across right. the city. Because that's what the the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, that's the kind of thing mayors are worried How about. How you rule from the... This right. is perfect ruling from the salon. Well, it gets better. I think I'm going to tie some things together. A city initiative called Energize St. Paul is kicking off this summer with Race to Reduce, a voluntary program in which the city will work with property owners to track energy use and make buildings more energy efficient. Uh, okay, I won't read the whole thing. Commercial and multifamily residential buildings account for 35% of greenhouse gas emissions in St. Paul. City officials have set a goal to reduce that number to 31% by the end of the summer. There being no uh, basis for that. It's, it's a, an environmental statistic they pulled out of their behind. Right, and we're not worried about the uh, crime in the skyways in downtown St. Paul at all either. Uh, this is the latest in a long line of environmental initiatives in St. Paul. Under former Mayor Chris Coleman, city officials spent a year cataloging greenhouse gas emissions while the city crumbled underneath them right. and set the goal of becoming carbon neutral by 2050. And, of course, Carter has a chief resilience officer. Isn't that nice? Russ Stark. He's working to complete a climate action plan. And you're not going to like that when it's revealed. Cities across the country have programs like Energize St. Paul. The Minneapolis City Council adopted an ordinance in 2013 that requires public and large commercial buildings to report energy use to the city. Why, you will be punished. Right. People monitor how much your letters seem to be a little heavy this month. Why is this? St. Paul officials are working on a benchmark, uh, a benchmarking ordinance of their own, said Molly Janice Smith, the city's building energy advisor. God, just what you want to, a lot of redundant people. And it, just what you want to do is partner with the city, and then they'll start checking in all your... If you've got a resiliency officer, why do you need a building energy advisor? Oh, my God, whatever. Uh, the city wants to demonstrate broad support for energy efficiency. All right. Ready for my deep thought? Yes. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, the more likely you are to be governed by people who intend to be important rather than useful. I understand. We've established that in the past. Yes. If what, what the country's cities need are mayors and staffs intending to be extremely useful. And we don't get that. We get the false illusion of usefulness because what we get are people with uh, rulings they have devised in the salon. Mm-hmm. Because they think they know better than the rest of us. And therefore, and it's our fault. Uh, we keep electing these people. We've let the cat out of the and, bag. And you can't. So I got thinking, okay. The problem is when you're trying to be, here's we're getting to the heart of it now. Okay. When you're trying to be important rather than useful, you throw all your mysterious and progressive ideas out there and you hope they all catch on. But here's the problem. None of them can be linked together. I will give you an example. Okay. Here's today's story in the Star Tribune uh, uh, praising the uh, the uh, Mayor Carter and his resiliency officer and his building energy person and and for trying to reduce uh, energy use because 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 
because that they're they're progressives so therefore they they think it's very important for them to lead the way in any environmental concern and we want you people to be energy efficient we want st paul to be known as energy efficient right forget about everything else did you read the letters to the editor today in the st paul paper which one well here's one published today you could people will be able to even do their own linking okay I have called four to five times to clarify the new trash hauling guidelines and have had no response. Of course, there is a deadline of June 1st for something that starts in October. Here's the deal. Brewster Gardens, a four-unit condo association, now pays Aspen $46.29 for one bin. And that has worked very well for many years. Now the city is taking over this service and demands that each unit rent its own bin. That puts four bins on the alley where today one fits. We can easily continue with one bin. The city's minimum requirement is to get four bins that are collected every other week at a price more than $80, and each owner will have to pay his or her fees rather than a single check from the association. You see how they... Uh, Just let me go here. In addition, each property is assessed $24.60 in annual taxes. I thought the trash... Trash collection would be simpler with less cost. For this building of four owners, it is at least twice as expensive and more burdensome. And all I get is silence from the city. The bureaucracy has beaten the city once again, or beaten the citizen once again. John Ray, St. Paul. Okay, second story. Okay. One man is suing the city of St. Paul over its new trash collection service. Peter Butler of St. Paul filed a lawsuit after he says the smallest garbage can costs roughly 27 cents per gallon, while the cost for the largest can drops to 8 cents per gallon. Clearly, they are not encouraging people to reduce their waste, Butler said. That just really annoyed me. Butler believes that pricing goes against the state law, which essentially rules the more garbage a resident throws away, the more they are required to pay. They are having people like myself, who don't produce a lot of waste, pay just as much as people who throw out quite a bit of garbage, Butler said, and I think that's unfair. The city of St. Paul told KSTP Channel 5 they do not comment on ongoing lawsuits. Everybody can do their own linking. See the ideas they have from the salon? They can't link. Right. They can't link. They're so eager to be virtuous and so eager to be important in bringing about the mystery that they throw out these ideas and none of them can be linked. For example, if you really were intent on energy reduction as your mayoral goal, then you'd have to be careful to make sure you had energy reduction in all of the schemes you come up with. So here, on the one hand, they're, they're, they're telling building owners, you've got to reduce your energy because we're going to change the climate. While on the other hand, they're telling homeowners and rental associations and apartment buildings, you need more trash bins than are currently exhibited in your alley. That's a gotcha. That's a well, gotcha. What the hell is this? That's a gotcha. And There's, that has to be pointed. Oh, we don't, com- hey, we don't comment They on. can't link. <sighs> I'm not suggesting that I'm opposed or that GLers would be opposed to common sense energy use and common sense energy reduction. But B, we have no evidence the city can collect trash any better than private haulers already do. And B, if you are so intent 
as in one initiative, uh, the, the, the initiative called Race to Reduce, if you were so intent on bringing that about, how did you let it slip through your hands that that doesn't apply when it comes to trash collection, when you are clearly demanding of these rental associations and condo associations and apartment building owners that they must produce more trash bins, even though the proprietors of these places can demonstrate to you that they've been getting along fine for years with the four units using one bin. One bin. And the the city comes along and says, no, each tenant must have their own bin. Of course, that results in more revenue for the city because you got to pay their BS $25 fee to the city to to, uh, run this trash, trash collection system. But in the meantime, what have you done? You have increased energy use you have caused the truck to linger there longer right you are putting more trash bins in the alley you are uh, charging people more you are incentivizing larger deposits of waste because the more waste you deposit in large bins your dollar amount goes down there's no linking it's spur of the moment. You know what? I don't, I don't want to be uncharitable, but these people are idiots. I mean, I'm. They're idiots. No, you call them what they are. They're, they're idiots. They're idiots. And that, and that's their main. Zero waste is not the should not be the main priority of any city. It should be well because efficiency. because well because because zero waste is an impracticality and cannot exist or raise the way or whatever. If, the if you can produce zero waste, then it becomes true that you must devote your life to producing zero waste. Forget about being a teacher or a banker or working at the hardware store. From the moment you get up in the morning until the moment you get to go to bed at night, your only thing you would have time to do in life is make sure you don't produce waste. That would consume your livelihood. That would consume yeah. your life. Yeah. The act of producing zero waste. And here, here, I hope the guy wins his lawsuit. Of course, that'll probably cost the taxpayers if he does. And, and, and I don't want the letter writer, John Ray of St. Paul, R-E-A-Y, I'm pronouncing it Ray. And he, 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 he sounds so defeated. In the end, he says, the bureaucracy has beaten the citizen once again. Push back. Push yeah. back. What John Ray, if he's listening, I hope he is, or, or Peter Butler, use, use this irony. Use the hypocrisy of the city creating a new program called Reduce I'm sorry, called Racing to Reduce. Racing. We're racing to Reduce. And that's going to target building owners and, and whatever uh, to reduce. Target, compare that then. If that's really your goal, racing to reduce, then what are you doing increasing energy use when it comes to your trash collection? Push back. These people got to be knocked off their salon. This, this BS doesn't work. Start going to meetings. I have Let's a start. perfectly good bin that I got to surrender back to Highland Sanitation and then go to the bleeping city trash bin center or whatever right. the hell it is Warehouse. and get get one and then ho- B as in B, S as in S. You can't link. You can't tell me on the one hand you're racing to reduce while on the other hand you're going to go to a four-unit condominium where they've been getting by on one bin. And tell them, no, each unit needs one. Which is it? They have messed it up. Uh-huh. 
now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Suchere. Can't go yet, can I? Nope. This happy hour today is going to be huge. I'm saying, bro. Yeah, do, bro. Voice gets sad. What do you need? Write all this down for the test that will follow at the end of the semester. What? Closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, the more likely you are to be led by ideologists who wish to impose upon us their schemes for a better earth, and they do so with no regard to how those schemes might connect with each other or prove to be efficient. And I think we've got maybe one of the better examples we've come across. The city of St. Paul, on the one hand, unveiled a new program yesterday called Race to Reduce because they think in the salon they're in charge of saving the earth. So building owners will be asked to monitor their energy use. We're trying to reduce our energy use. But that doesn't link up or become efficient or make any sense when the same city intends to take over the collection of trash and will impose on the same building owners, the same multi-dwelling units, The requirement that each tenant must have a receptacle or a bin outside behind the place, where many of those places now are getting by with one bin. It does. I didn't know I was going to be this good today. Yeah, and it's not even Friday. No. Uh, It's it's clear-cut lunacy. Yeah, they're asking them to exert or uh, spend more energy. Uh, One is less energy than four. You've just quadrupled it. Or you've tripled it anyway. Pushback. Uh, Reavers off the air was wondering, how do we push back? In some ways are occurring to me. There Mm. are neighborhood district councils. I don't know a lot about them. They may very well be, uh, uh, have as their most ardent members, uh, people who are pining to be in the salon. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But... Maybe a place to push back is you contact your neighborhood district council and you use these two stories an example as example as an example of the folly taking place here. But Joe, look look at our show for example. Yes. Anytime we try to contact one of these people, what happens? Well, but silence. Right. But here, the neighborhood district councils presumably would have some clout with their city council person. So the district council goes to the city council person, Rebecca Noker or Necker, for example, and they say, hey, Rebecca, uh, how come Melvin has a new program called 
race to reduce, but you also are instigating a trash collection program that is going to result in more energy use. Somebody has got to get to these people and force them to start linking because they fail miserably at linking. Yeah. Go back to the beginning. Why? They want to be important more than they want to be useful. We need a, we needed, and we had to a degree, I think in Pat Harris, a mayoral candidate. Let's make no mistake. Pat would do much to be important, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But he also would have done much to be useful. But generally speaking, we had no mayoral candidate in the last St. Paul election, much less Minneapolis, because Fry's no different. Jacob Fry's no different than Melvin Carter. He's going to throw everything at the wall and hope some of it sticks, and the stuff that sticks will not interconnect. It will not make sense. And they obfuscate this problem by hiring more and more people and calling them things like chief resiliency officers. The resiliency you need to develop is to get back to common sense and have all of this stuff linked together. And they're failing miserably, failing miserably at it. We'll be back shortly. But now, thanks to our great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated, it's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal and your money now. Well, we are looking at a down day in the stock market today. Renewed concerns about a trade war are sending the major indexes lower. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 225 points. The Nasdaq Composite off 11 and the S&P 500 is down 15 points. Sears Holdings said it plans to close another 72 stores it has deemed unprofitable as the company continues to struggle with falling sales. The new round of closures comes as Sears reported sales fell in its latest quarter, extending a streak of decline stretching back more than six years. A Sears and a Kmart store in Duluth are on the closure list, as well as the Sears at Shingle Creek Crossing in Brooklyn Center. Drug maker Apotex is recalling some bottles of nasal spray used to treat sinus pain and seasonal allergies. The company said the bottles, which dispense 50 metered sprays, may contain small glass particles that could block the spray from coming out of the bottle or potentially be inhaled. I'm Bruce Vail with your money now on 1500 ESPN. Welcome back. Uh, are you going to disclose what you did on your vacation or no? Oh, it's just the same old nothing. Parole? Yeah, well, yeah, it can't go too far. Okay, all right. All right, we'll talk to you in one hour with fresh reports. Frank Miller did a somewhat adequate job of uh, pinch hitting in your absence. Well, that's better than usual, right? It is. I appreciate it. All right, talk to you in about one hour, Bruce. Uh, Red, white, and boom. You're familiar with that. Yeah, around the 4th of July, we have a big-time party, and it's called Red, White, and Boom. If you want to learn more about Red, White, and Boom and how you can sign up, check it out on our website, 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. There's a lot to learn. Commencing Commencing Garage Logic Segment number 8. John, as is our custom. Yes. Is it Russ? Yes, there it is. Go ahead, please. 
so I couldn't pretend to know all the situations in all these different buildings, but isn't this going to create a fiasco in the winter with parking and snow removal and uh, individual containers? Uh, you're breaking up, but I understood the question. Uh, yeah, that'll probably exacerbate any alley problems in the winter because you're going to be introducing more bins to the alley. Well, they do a good job of plowing the snow anyway. Well, alleys are not plowed by the city in St. Paul. Oh. Tom? Tom? How about John? John, I'm hey, sorry. Girl. Yep. You could bring back the old backyard burning barrels of protest in St. Paul, but I had a thought that occurred to me in listening to you. These guys don't have a concept of capitalism, that we naturally try and save money and energy individually and then business-wise. No, of course not, because capitalism, when it works best, is efficient. Exactly. All right, thank you. Here's John Height in the newsroom. Hey, can you all partly cloudy, 82 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. Twins op- uh, Indians open up a weekend series tonight at Target Field. Twins are in third place in the American League Central, trailing the Indians by five and a half games. They also trail Ron Gardenhire's Detroit Tigers by a game for the second place spot. Uh, Tigers are playing a day game today, and they have a 5-1 to one lead right now over the Angels in the sixth. Tonight, Jake Odorizzi will pitch for the Twins. Righty Shane Bieber makes his Major League debut for Cleveland. We had a goose loose, by the way, at Tiger Stadium. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> a goose in the park? A goose was on the loose. A deer in the works? Mm-hmm. That and was a great Vonnegut short story. A deer in the works. A deer in the works. Mm-hmm. NBA playoffs tonight. Championship series gets underway. Cleveland at Golden State. You'll hear it right here, 7 o'clock on 1500 ESPN, right after Mr. Reavers and the Beer Show. News notes from today. A settlement has been reached in that ongoing bankruptcy case involving the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. In a release issued by Jeff Anderson and Associates Law Firm, sexual abuse survivors and attorneys with the law firm were expected to discuss the reorganization plan later on this afternoon. The law firm, though, describes the settlement as being the largest settlement ever reached in a Catholic bankruptcy case. Uh, during a news conference, Anderson said the settlement totaled $210,290,724. The Archdiocese originally filed its reorganization plan in the bankruptcy case in May of 2016. The Creditors Committee also submitted a request the Archdiocese assets be consolidated, which at the time was denied. Friends and family of a Northern Iowa TV news anchor missing since 1995 hope a new billboard campaign will help solve the mystery of her disappearance. Jody Husentrut went missing on her way to work June 27, 1995 at station KIMT in Mason City. Investigators have never found Husentrut, who was declared legally dead in 2001. Nobody has been charged in her disappearance. Four billboards featuring a photo of Husentrut and the message, Somebody Knows Something, Is It You?, are being installed around Mason City under the direction of findlodiajody.com, a website devoted to solving the case. The website and its backers paid for three of the billboards. The fourth was donated. They'll stay up through June. Who's in truth was a Minnesota native who graduated from St. Cloud State University. Russian journalist who worked with Ukrainian authorities to fake his own death says he was smeared with swine blood and taken to the morgue as part of his elaborately staged murder. Arkady Babchenko detailed the deception to reporters today for the first time since Ukrainian authorities revealed they had staged his death to foil an alleged plot on his life by Moscow's security services. Babchenko told fellow reporters at a news conference in Kiev that he could have refused when Ukrainian officials approached him with the idea for the ruse about a month ago. He says he agreed of his own volition. 
Kiev police said that the 41-year-old Babchenko had been shot to death inside his apartment building, but announced the next day he was alive and they had detained a suspect in the case. Babchenko apologized to his wife, who he said was not briefed yeah. in advance. Okay, I'm confused, John. Yes. The commies want to kill this guy. Correct. Because the commies are evil bastards. This, this would be, the, hang on a sec, okay? Reavers just said to me, he did this one yesterday. We did. See, but Chris, you see, he talked to the press today now. That's a different story, Chris. Yes. Babchenko talked well, to the press. Well, this was in addition to, too. This but, was in addition to, though. This is, yeah. so there's well, further developments. Can I ask because, my, may I ask he, my Go ahead. It was very Sorry, confusing. I, was, I wasn't being critical. I was just trying to. Was, I, have a, I have a question for you. All right. Yes. I'm just going to stop talking. <laughs> What's to off. stop the same crowd from now trying to kill him? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because when I read the story in the paper this morning, it was very confusing. And I didn't no, know they're, they're, why the, they... The thugs are now saying, oh, okay, he's alive. Let's re, we right. get a new plan. So why not kill him now? And then why do we... Do we do we know why he was, uh, they wanted to kill him? Yeah, no, we don't. Uh, only, was he a Putin only, enemy? Only that enemy? He's, yes, only that yes. he was against the government. But the the thing I, they they didn't make clear in the paper this morning was the arrest of the one person. We don't know. Plus, his wife might kill him now. Well, yeah, he's, he's got to worry about that. That'd be a more. hard one to live with, wouldn't it? Uh, well, sorry, I don't sorry, get dear. it because the same bad guys now say, "Oh, hey, uh, Shiseski, he's uh-huh. still alive. Let's go get him." Uh-huh. Well, I, I think they're thinking perhaps the publicity. No. Will help, but uh, that's never been a factor before in Russia no. when they wanted to kill no. someone, has it? No, very confusing. Yeah, uh, maybe they saw the Sopranos. You know, sometimes uh, whack I don't job. think they watched watch the Sopranos. Was I don't think the, they did. Didn't the Russian who was the guy that they uh, well, the guy the they took out in the woods? Yeah, yeah. The they never saw him again. Never so. saw him uh, two more seasons. You yeah. think when the guy was playing dead though, he was really working it, or was he doing one of these deals where he's taking a little peek, or no, he's he, trying? He worked it. He, he, you think he was steady? He worked. He was trying. Good. Okay. Yeah. I think he did a fine job with that story. <laughs> Thanks. And now Joe have some of the same questions today as he had yesterday. I think so. Okay. No, sure? he had no questions yesterday. I did uh, when I read the paper this morning. I had a lot of questions, yeah. and he didn't clear much of them up today. Well, either, reporting so. isn't what it used to be. Uh, lava back in Hawaii and Kilauea uh-huh. and spreading to new areas, and apparently residents are reaching the boiling point. I'm going to feel bad if Chris had this one yesterday. A man, I'm not talking anymore. I did not have this. A man was arrested after pulling a gun on a neighbor and shooting during an argument. Yeah, that lava will do that to you. Scientists, he shot at the person or at the lava? Uh, well, he just shot the gun, basically. Oh. Scientists say the lava flow is getting hotter, more fluid, and faster, covering about six football fields an hour. Uh, during this whole four-week uh, thing, molten rock has spread across four and a half square miles of the Big Island. New aerial video shows how the lava is forming channels in the hardened rock, and it's moving fast, according to geologist, uh, geologist Scott Rowland. He said it's a self-made lava channel. The sides solidify, then the part in the middle continues to flow, and these channels, he said, are very efficient. Lava flows are unrelenting, he says, and unpredictable. Ongoing tensions in the Leilani Estates may have contributed to the shooting incident. 61-year-old John Hubbard, now under arrest, accused of opening fire and allegedly assaulting a neighbor who came to check on his property. The victim was injured, but he was not shot. As the crisis continues, lava has already overrun the main road, Highway 132, leaving people in about 500 homes and vacation rentals with just one escape route. If it flows across Highway 137, there would be no way. Out. I'd get out now. <clears throat> yeah, me too. Actor John Goodman opened up about the cancellation of Roseanne by saying uh, he'd like to not say anything. 
He said, I wasn't going to get an Emmy anyway. He said, I've been up for one 11 times already. If I didn't get one then, I'm not going to get one now. Until now, the 65-year-old actor who played Dan Connor, Roseanne's on-screen husband, has been reluctant to talk about the ABC sitcom. He said, I'd rather say nothing than cause more trouble. He adds that he wasn't following news of the controversy. He said, I don't really know anything about it because I don't read about it. Someone needs to take her phone away, by the way. She I just needs that, to stop talking. I read that she got, that was worth 60 mil to her to do that series. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. 60 mil. I, I, well, I, they had probably a multi-year deal, I would she guess. Said, I've long suspected her of idiocy. This, this doesn't come as any surprise to me. <laughs> well, but the thing, the the other co-host, Sarah Gilbert, and I forget the, the guy's name that plays her son Michael on the show. Fleshman, Fleshman or whatever. Fleshman. They both just said, hey, you know, we don't all share the same thoughts. And so she started to attack them. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they have careers to protect, Roseanne. That's why yeah. they're trying to distance themselves from yeah, you. Yeah, this was pretty big for all of those. Especially, you know, you got key grips, light people, all sorts of different people. Well, like Goodman, he'll be fine. He's going to yeah. get work. But he can the, get you told by three. Right, he can get you show by three. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Full Frontal uh, host Samantha B. you were talking about earlier, Joe, mm-hmm. uh, she apologized this afternoon Okay, after using that extreme vulgarity to slam Ivanka Trump in her monologue. That word is just a no-go zone word. Yeah. I, Did she I just say, can't use it. Was it the, I'm sorry if she was well, offended? I'm sure it was no, a non-apology she, apology. Here's what she said. I would like to sincerely apologize to Ivanka Trump and to my viewers for using an ex- expletive on my show to describe her last night. It was inappropriate and inexcusable. I crossed a line and I deeply regret it. Mm-hmm. I, no, no, hang on. I'm going to do this. Uh, we don't know that. The show, of She's course. She's uh, feckless. Does she know what feckless even means? Irresponsible, mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. character. You're making me nervous uh, every time you say that word on the air. Feckless? Yeah. Oh, it's all right. I'll check it out on Urban Dictionary. TBS uh, also uh, issued an apology shortly after B's tweet saying. It's like when you don't have any freckles. That's right. You're freckless. <laughs> Samantha B had taken the right action, they said, in apologizing for the vile and inappropriate language she used about Ivanka Trump last night. Those words should not have been aired. It was our mistake, too, and we regret it. No consequences whatsoever because they own the industry. Lacking initiative or strength of character, irresponsible. But if she knew that she... I don't think that was off the cuff. I bet she knew she was going to use that word, and that she just did it anyway. Wouldn't it have been in some scripts too? Wouldn't editors have yes. seen it? Wouldn't you know what I mean? It All those shows have. are produced. There's no yeah. the decline the of moral and ethical integrity is uh, with us in many ways. I can't uh, take us to a break. Let's get back to normalcy to. with some weather. Let's How's do that? that? All right. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Suchere. Hi, Dave. Hi there, Joe. We're up to 83, heading for a high of about 84 degrees today. We have a few little isolated showers that have popped up from the Twin Cities area eastward. Just a couple here in the metro. Uh, Most of that activity is going to stay in west central Wisconsin. I think if you have anything planned this evening, it should be just fine. Clear skies uh, overnight tonight. Maybe some patchy ground fog. 64 for the overnight low tomorrow. Uh, 
basically the day is similar to what we had today, up to 83. There will be a few clouds uh, that will come in the early part of the afternoon. They should fade away, though, late. Saturday looks like the wet day of the weekend. Scattered showers and a few thunder showers. High temperatures of only around 74 because of all the clouds around. Sunday, though, improves. That's the pick of the weekend, 80 with some sunshine. And then Monday, we're looking at temperatures climbing back in the lower 80s. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, some more showers develop next week. So Wednesday and Thursday of next week have scattered showers, but it continues to warm to the mid-80s by the time we get to Thursday. Today, we're looking for I have around 85, Joe. Right now, we're at 83, and I have the records for the day. Uh, before you get to the records, uh I'm sorry, I missed Saturday. Are you calling for rain Saturday? Rain Saturday. Okay, an emailer wanted me to ask you, where's that coming from? But Because apparently he has his weather apps or whatnot, and he can't figure out where that rain's going to well, come it's, from. It's coming from the west. There's going to be a, a long line, a cool front that comes through the Dakotas tomorrow late. And that's going to uh, get here by early Saturday morning and then redeveloping Saturday around the early part of the afternoon through the evening hours. So it's coming from the west and a pretty good chance for it. All right. Thank you. The records, May 31st, already the end of May. Yep. And the warmest day ever in May. Yep. 106. 106. 1934. In 1934. 33. 33. In 1889. In 1889. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. 1934. Woo! Dem was the Dust Bowl years. See? Hot. These are dry. I don't want to close on such a foul note, but this, this cannot go without mentioning. Okay. Because it's uh, <clears throat> has to do with the failed academy, but I, I find this story. I, I don't know why this story wasn't uh, on the cover of the New York Times. Well, I do know because it doesn't fit their agenda. Why this cover wasn't on this? Why this story wasn't on the cover of every paper in the country? It it did make the Las Vegas Review Journal as okay. it should have. Okay, you ready? Yeah, you really ready? Yeah. Oh, I was just noting. Uh, is, Reaver, is Reavers ready? He's a uh, pumped and ready. Wait, 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 wait. Yep. He's going to try to. Oh, he's, he's ready now. Be comfortable? No. I make a nice living. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Oh, he sets you up on that one, huh? Let me put a jacket under you. You feel comfortable? I make a nice living. <laughs> Las Vegas police okay. arrested a 48 year old teacher earlier this month. After she threatened to shoot up a concert at a downtown bar. Las Vegas authorities arrested a Clark County High School teacher on May 16th and charged her with making terroristic threats. Sounds like rightly so. At the time, police did not divulge additional details about her arrest or what threats she had made. Police are now revealing what the 48-year-old teacher had planned. What did she have planned? Yeah, this intrigues me. You ready? According to the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Leslie McGordy was arrested on school grounds after police became aware she confided in a friend her plans to shoot up an up shoot up an upcoming concert so she could initiate a new Me Too movement, but this time in which women would feel empowered enough to become serial killers. Okay, I'm glad we got her. I'm, I'm glad we got her. Police said McGordy planned to massacre people at a concert on May 19, although they did not say which concert she planned to attack. 
It was reportedly at a downtown bar. Quote, a perfect plan with my favorite song surrounded by a bunch of F-words misfits like I am. Imagine knowing exactly the moment that you're going to die. I know exactly that your favorite song will be playing by your favorite band. It's just too perfect, McGordy wrote in the text messages, according to the Review Journal. On May 16th, police planned to arrest McGordy at her home. However, she was already at work, meaning she was teaching her children. Ah, <laughs> isn't that And nice? the police decided to take her into custody at the school. In other words, they couldn't risk waiting, I would imagine. Uh, right. Police said they did not get much of a reaction from McGordy when they presented her with the evidence against her. She was charged with one felony count of making a threat to commit an act of terrorism. She's out on bail. She's out already. Nice. And her next scheduled court appearance is June 19. Do we have someone following her nonstop, I hope? Clark County School District officials said she has been, quote, assigned to home, close quote, as the investigation against her remains ongoing. Meaning this woman is probably getting paid. Still getting paid by the Clark County taxpayers in Nevada. She wanted to start a new new, uh, Me Too movement to empower women to become serial killers. Not what you're supposed to do. That's not the path. Just teach the kids and stop worrying about uh, fame and fortune and new things. Remind me, where was the um, the university teacher that was brought up uh, a couple of weeks ago? And they're always coming up. What in what context? The remember the foul woman that was uh, oh Rhonda Ferrara. Yes. Is that the one that ripped Barbara Bush? I've tried Fresno to, State. Thank you. I'm going to look to see if. Oh, uh, no, she's, she's. Does she still have her job? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. She has oh, her tenure. Oh, that's she's, great. No, she gets to say whatever she wants. Hmm. Yeah. I'm so tired of being alone. Bill Maher completely misrepresented freedom of speech. Uh, I was sent a clip of Bill Maher interviewing Jordan Peterson, a fascinating guy. I wish we could get him on the show sometime. That's a different story. But Maher was uh, defending that that Farrar teacher, okay. that professor, yeah. uh, pointing out that, well, freedom of speech means you get to say whatever you want. Not really, Bill. Not, not really. Uh, she is protected by her tenure. So she's, she's getting away with saying whatever foul thing she wants to get away with. Right. And then hiding behind tenure, you can't, what are you going to do? Just like the guy yesterday said, I'm a white teacher with tenure. (laughs) You're not going to do anything to me. The NRA is a terrorist organization. No, they're not. Now that woman gets to think whatever she wants about Barbara Bush, but she will suffer no consequence for, I guess you can think whatever you want in, well, I just answered my own question. Why can she get away with whatever we want? Just link it to Samantha B. Because the Euphorians own the, yeah. own the industry of the academy. Just like they own the industry of entertainment. And there's no, no accountability or no, no punishment anyway. Not, not really. Why don't you take us to break? I can do that. Just turned on the Memorial Tournament on the TCL Broadcast Studio 55-inch screen. TCL TV. Looks beautiful. What are you finding? Uh, Tiger's done for the day. He's even. That makes him about seven off the current lead. Uh, Quite a field. 
McElroy, okay. Mickelson, Spieth, Dustin Johnson. Why do they all uh, show up? Woods. Uh, <laughs> Jack's tournament. I suppose. Yeah. Show up for Jack. Just the way I they suppose. show up for Ernie. Yeah. Plus, they're you know they're tuning up now for the U.S. Open. So uh, many of these people will not be seen next week, but then will be seen the following week at Shinnecock Hills at the tip of Long Island. A nice course, huh? Oh, boy. Have you played? Are you kidding? Yeah. I doubt if I'd be allowed on the grounds. <laughs> Where were you? Uh, they put those bags in the back, Tiger, by hey, the Tiger, guy. put this bag up by the door, will you? Sure, Where, Mr. Ford, I'll be there. Where was that? That was at Jupiter Hills in Florida. Oh. 1500 <laughs> ESPN. Love that. Is KSTP. St. Paul, uh, Minneapolis, it's 82 Sports Next.